everyone, and welcome back to part two of Mom Talk. So we'll go a little bit deeper into um, some alcohol topics and talk about some psychological topics as well. Um, so you mentioned something earlier about ruminating thoughts. So what exactly do you mean by that? To me, ruminating thoughts are, I picture a loop, and a ruminating thought is going in a loop in your brain and you can't stop thinking about it. And it just takes a lot of time and a lot of energy and it makes you spiral downwards in a vibrational state into those lower states. Depress depression for me is what happens when I have ruminating thoughts. Are ruminating thoughts like only related to alcohol or what do you think about that? Absolutely not. I mean, you could ruminate on anything. Really, yeah. um, my ruminating thoughts tend to be centered around choices I've made, things that I've done that, you know, cause me guilt or shame or remorse, things I wish I'd done differently or hadn't even done. That makes sense. I feel like a lot of people my age, and I don't know if it's like a product of my generation thing or just the fact that like the term anxiety was invented, but like anxiety is really real and just like, at least this is what I would do, think about, try to remember like what I said, who I talked to, like, because even after like one drink, your inhibitions are lower and my like guard is a little bit down. Um, and it, it's not like you have to be like completely belligerent to like say things that you can regret, but I could have like one or two drinks and just like say something like probably shouldn't have said that. Mm -hmm. Did you experience that when you were in your twenties as well? Absolutely. Um, I don't think I was affected by it as profoundly in my twenties because I didn't have the level of awareness that you seem to have. And a lot of your peers seem to have, like I was just, out wahooing and all my friends were and it was just we would wake up and laugh and giggle and oh do you remember this and blah, blah, and it was fun and funny as I got older it began to really affect me more negatively to the point I would wake up and be like oh my god and then I'd play the night back in my head and then I would come up with one thing that I said to somebody that I shouldn't have or did something I shouldn't have and I would go so far sometimes as to call that person and apologize and be like, I can't stop thinking about this and I just need to get it off my chest. I drank too much and I am really embarrassed or ashamed of what I said or did. Yeah. So one podcast that I love, The Toast, they talk about this a lot and call it The Pit. It's like when you wake up and you have the pit in your stomach mm -hmm. and like you did something, you said something, you fell, you got thrown out of a bar, you did something like ridiculous so did you find that like the pits were only happening when you became aware of alcohol? God, it's a tough question to ask. It's, you know, it's been a long time, but I would say primarily induced by yeah. alcohol because when I wasn't drinking and when I was clear headed, you know, my filter was on. And so I wouldn't say or do things sober yeah. that I would when I was drunk. Yeah. Is that answer? Yeah, I think so. And even like, so when I do my sober months, I will still find a way to embarrass myself mm -hmm. because I am me. And that's just what I do. Like even during the work day, like obviously like when I'm sober, like I'll say something in a meeting and be like, ah, I shouldn't have said that. So it's not as if like we're these perfect robot creatures all the time and alcohol is like the one thing. It just, I feel like 
it's like a fishing net almost and when you're sober like something slipped through but like not that much but like when it's alcohol the fishing net it's like someone like puts a knife through it and all the fish just pour out big whales coming yes, through. yes 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 um well good so what are your tips for getting over ruminating thoughts whether it be anxiety or just any ruminating thoughts so you know one thing i want to say too is it's easy when you are just kind of waking up into this you know having questions about your drinking and gosh yeah that sounds like I am having ruminating thoughts and a lot of times what I would do then was I would ignore them and just go out again yeah you know and and so everything kept compounding yeah which really did a number on my mental health yeah um you know and I was already a little bit behind the eight ball with that because of of my childhood um and I could, of course, I lost track of the exact question you asked me. I asked you some tips. Oh, some tips. Over some it. tips. So um, besides um, the tip that doesn't work to drink more, <laughs> obviously does not work. Don't, yeah. don't do that tip. Um, the tips that I would use then, gosh, I feel like I didn't have any because I've grown so much now. But I would say that you becoming aware of it, again, we're always going to go back to awareness. And then, again, you could step into, okay, I'm aware that I did these things last night. And then, you know, how do you, how does that make you feel? Yeah. And where in your body? And accepting the fact that you did it. And then, you know, doing, we're not meant to hold on to these lower vibrations and negative feelings. We're meant to move these things through our body. All right. Yeah. Emotions are energy in motion. Energy is everything. Everything is energy. So moving that through your body, getting up and going to work out or walking or running, whatever it, however you like to move your body. And again, the journaling, the, the simple breath work, mm-hmm. um, sitting still and being quiet with your thoughts, which is nearly impossible when you're ruminating. Yeah. And one big tip that I have is having some kind of pattern disruptor in your back pocket. Yeah. Mine, uh, a lot of times, I try, always try to drink more water. So if I'm in a ruminating thought pattern and I've done the work around it, I've gone for a walk and I've talked it out loud and I've gotten all that shit out of my head, mm-hmm. right? Because you've got to do that first. got to brain dump it. Yeah. Either out loud or on paper. I've done that. I've written about it. I've done all those tools then I will, gosh, I'm, I'm, you know, I keep losing my train of thought because I have so many things that I want to say to you all about this. I'll, I'll figure out what my pattern disruptor is. For example, I am ruminating over, you know, a, a friend said or didn't say something that I wanted him to say or not say, and I can't get over it. I'm ruminating, I'm ruminating. I've done all my work to move myself through the process. My pattern disruptor is, I'll say to myself, the next time I think about that ruminating thought, I'm going to say, I'm ruminating and I'm going to take a drink of water. Mm-hmm. And what you do is you just disrupt the pattern because the problem is that pattern, once you get going in, it's like a loop that you get stuck on. Yeah. And you've got to disrupt it somehow. Take a drink of water. Um, next time I think that ruminating thought, I'm going to stop and do 10 push-ups. Next time I think that ruminating thought, I am going to fill in the blank find something that works for you to disrupt the pattern okay yeah I think that helps and one thing that my mom and I say like 
we call it an eagle walk. <laughs> so this is um, just like a mental health walk because there was this meme that I sent her and I'll post it um, on the channels. It's like this picture of like an eagle like stomping and the meme caption is like me going on my stupid mental health walk for my stupid mental health. And I'm a huge walker too. And every time I'm like in a bad mood or like some like bad day at work, I'm like, ah, oh, God, just go a stupid fucking walk. I don't want to do this anymore. And I picture like that little eagle stomping. Stomping around. So now that's just our code for like, just, you know, go on an eagle walk. <laughs> we'll figure it out. Get yourself together. And I think Lily too, a great pattern disruptor is to find a, a trusted confidant. Yeah. And a sounding board. Somebody, you know, is just going to listen. And let you vent because, get it, again, back to getting it out of your head. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for me, I love logic. Like, logic really helps me and, like, reasoning really helps me. So if I were to call a friend over, like, something that I did, something that I said, I feel like those are usually my ruminating thoughts because I am my own worst enemy. <laughs> um, and saying, like, I said the most embarrassing thing during a meeting or – I said something crazy when I was drunk and like telling them and having them like walk me back and say, it's actually not that crazy. It's really not that bad at all. First of all, no one probably remembered what you said. No one really cares that much about what you say. And also like there's way worse things that you could have done. Like I love when people tell me stories about what other people have mm -hmm. done because then I'm like, okay, that wasn't that bad. Because in hindsight, I didn't kill somebody. <laughs> I didn't nuke a country like whatever I did, like it's going to be fine. My best friend Sarah and I have a, a little running joke. I stayed out of prison, <laughs> and I stayed out of the hospital. Yeah. And it's that's a good day. All you can ask for at a certain point. Um, and I guess for, like, being mad at people, like, getting over that is just talking to people, like, really helps me. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. I think it just – I don't really have a lot of, like, reasoning because I still, like, work through it. Like, I find myself getting hyper fixated. Like, my work nemesis at, like, my old job – one time we got in like a work fight and I was mad for literally a week straight. Mm -hmm. Like I was so mad that like I couldn't function like how mad I was. And I really, I know that it was like completely irrational. Like I couldn't even work for the rest of the day because of what he said to me. Like I was so angry and like just calling people health. But it also like riled me up even more because then like my friends got really riled up about it and like. So I don't know. Maybe that's not the best well, option. <laughs> there, I think there's a balance there. There's a fine line between shopping it out to everybody and validating yourself yeah. and making him, him wrong and you right. Yeah. Versus talking with a trusted, like, soul confident, yeah. confidant to say, this is how I'm feeling and this is how mad it's making me. And, you know, letting them kind of be the guide by your side instead of getting everybody to co-sign your stuff yeah and looking back I just was shopping it out mm -hmm. and this was two years ago like now I haven't been in like to date when I think of like the maddest I've ever been like that's like top five I don't know why um but I was gonna ask you a question yeah so do you feel like in the last since that happened two years ago yeah do you feel like you've changed or grown or learned tools do you feel like you would have that same uh, strong reaction for this for as long I think now I have enough foresight to acknowledge that like our places within the workforce because that was my first job like my first corporate experience and 
like when we first started working together like we were just butting heads like constantly like me and this guy and he was intimidated by me I was intimidated by him and then like after this whole situation and I never like escalated it whatever but um a few months later like our shared boss was like venting to me about him and it's kind of like oh like and this goes back to like my first episode when I was talking about that Taylor Swift lyric um, past me, I want to tell you not to get lost on these petty things. Your nemeses will defeat themselves before you get the chance to swing. Just taking a second and to just like not do anything, even though I literally told every single person under the sun besides him, <laughs> like, just like taking a second and just like sitting back. And if I had known like, okay, if he's being shitty to me, he's being shitty to other people and that's going to bite him in the ass. I'm a good coworker. I'm a good friend. I'm a good employee. I'm a good person. I'm just going to sit here and keep like doing a good job and like other people are going to see what I see. And that happened. And so I think if something like that were to happen to me now, I would be able to understand like they're going to get what's coming. So I'm just going to like chill for a sec and it's going to be fine. I love that you brought that up because I think that pause is one of the most powerful tools that you can exercise in any situation. When you can literally, you can, maybe you can say it out loud if you're not with the, you know, with the person, maybe you say it to yourself, I'm going to take a deep breath and I'm going to do nothing. Yeah. And I am going to give it, you know, my sister Kate and I talk a lot about the 24-hour rule. Yeah. Because if you give it 24 hours you're going to respond to them mm -hmm. more thoughtfully instead of knee-jerk reacting and escalating the situation. And really, if we go back to integrity as your highest currency, what you want to do as much as possible to the best of your ability, knowing you're human, is to respond mindfully to people and really seek that higher vibration. Yeah. And I'm even going to throw out the word timeline there. That higher timeline of if I respond thoughtfully, we can have a courageous conversation and we can probably move this along and both learn something instead of me knee-jerk reacting and turning this into World War III. I feel like so much of maturing is just knowing when to like shut the fuck up, honestly. <laughs> like, a fucking men. And that's something I've realized too, like... I'm not going to like outwit somebody. I'm not going to outsmart somebody. I'm not going to like make anyone think that I'm like smarter by like just acting like an asshole. And even like I feel like I in college when I was really like when politics like were really high and like left wing, right wing, like Republican, Democrat, like I would get so like amped up on these things and like start fights and debate and like my sentiments were good, but like now I, there's so much and just like, you know what, I'm not even going to say anything. Mm -hmm. Like they'll figure it out eventually. Mm -hmm. Or like if I feel so compelled maybe, but like just letting things just happen. But yeah, I have a friend and her friend is always outsmarting people, outwitting, mm -hmm. like how could you not know that? Mm -hmm. Like just trying, like correcting people all the time. And she said to me, she was like, I used to be like that. And it took me seeing someone else like that and getting that secondhand embarrassment to realize sometimes like even if like someone is saying something that's actively wrong just like keeping your mouth closed mm -hmm. like will take you so much farther right like just mind your own business chill out take a sec and it'll be fine and you can ask yourself a question when you do that do I want to be right 
or do I want to be happy? Yeah. It's a good point. And, mm-hmm. like, sometimes it is just easier to just, like, go with yeah. what everyone else is saying. I'm not going to sit around and argue with, like, my boyfriend's family. Like, why would I do that? Right. What? What is, like, the best possible outcome? Like, nothing. Nothing. Um, cool. Okay. So one other thing we wanted to talk about is, like, making and breaking a habit. Mm-hmm. So, like, what does that mean to you? Like, I know there's, everyone talks about, like, oh, it takes 30 days to, rah, rah, rah. like, is that true? Ooh, boy, did <laughs> you give me a good segue for this one. So, <laughs> according to neuroplasticity, and I am by no means a scientist, um, you know, you, these are all terms that I've learned along the way, and if you're interested, you can go dive deeper into them, but one of the mo- really important things that helped me have a huge mindset shift was knowing that our brains are capable of growing and changing even as we age. We're, our brains aren't fixed, yeah. right? So you can teach an old dog new tricks. A leopard can change its spots, <laughs> right? <clears throat> Does it take 30 days? It depends. Mm-hmm. It depends on how deep, how deeply ingrained that habit or pattern is in your in your neural pathways yeah you know if, if we go back to I took that first drink at 14 well I grooved into my brain starting at age 14 that alcohol pattern and that groove was about 30 years deep yeah so it's going to take longer to break that habit than maybe the habit I had of chewing gum yeah right yeah so it, it depends. 30 days is a fantastic start. For me personally, when I'm making or breaking a habit, I can start to notice a difference, usually a, a difference, a slight difference, like five days in. And then just with every day, it gets a little bit more noticeable and a little bit easier. Yeah. And some habits are never like easy. Some are going to hang around forever. Not the habit, but just the kind of maintenance of mm-hmm. either quitting it or keeping it. Yeah, I would agree with that. And I think, I don't know, like, the science behind this, um, but I've seen, like, on TikTok before that, like, the more often you black out, you, or you just can, if you black out, like, multiple nights in a row, you're just going to keep blacking out more and more and more because your brain is used to it. And, like, after, like, a certain, you have a certain amount of alcohol, your brain just, like, naturally shuts off. It's a default pattern. Because it's like, okay, this is what I did the last few Mm -hmm. nights, might as well do it again. Mm -hmm. Um. And so you can break that pattern too, I think. I'm not a scientist, but yes. that's what I'm gleaning can, from you what you said. Bla- you, can, you can break any pattern. Yeah. And, um, you know, when you, let's say, you know, that the first time I quit drinking, right, I really worked on that neural pathway, mm-hmm. right, and I started paving over it. Yeah. But when I decided that I was going to try drinking again, that neural pathway is still there. Right. Yeah. So it immediately my brain was like, oh, this is familiar. Yeah. I know this. Yeah. And it went right back into it. Mm-hmm. And that's, you know, because that pattern was so deeply ingrained and because it went back so quickly, you know, I just went on that slow fade that I told you about where I just all of a sudden I was like, you know what? This is not a habit that I can maintain and uh keep a higher vibration and feel happy and feel confident and feel worthy yeah because it, it my drinking for me only made me feel bad about myself 
along with neuroplasticity, another really important term to have in your awareness is epigenetics. And uh, again, not a scientist, but epigenetics is basically the theory that we, in our DNA, we are pre-programmed for certain things. In our family, we have a high rate of substance abuse, right? So my habits, my daily habits will either turn on that gene or keep that gene turned off. Yeah. Right? So if I never took a drink or maybe I just had really, you know, I didn't like it that much, it was moderate, I wouldn't have flipped on that that yeah. substance abuse gene. But because my habits were binge drinking, blackout drinking, you know, I flipped the switch. Yeah. And that's what epigenetics is. And there, it's really important you know, to know the science, not know the science, but understand there is science behind it and, and some of the basic things that really can help you, lo- you like logic. Yeah. Help you wrap your head around that. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on. We're going to wrap here for the day. Um, if you're listening and have any more questions or anything you want to dive a little bit deeper on, um, also, if you want my mom's information, if you just want your own personal mom talk, she's more than happy to speak with anyone. Um, but she just launched an exciting new website, so I wanted to give her a second to talk about what she's been working on. Thanks, Lil, and thank you for having me as a guest. And I hope that each and every one of you um, knows that you are seen, you're heard, and you're loved. I'm really excited to talk about my new website. It's soulstretchretreats.com. And it talks all about the retreats that we offer in Blue Ridge and Tybee, time and space for you to work on whatever it is that you need to work on or you're struggling with, really a chance to reconnect with yourself. On the website, there's a banner at the top that has a really fun, lighthearted quiz that takes a deep dive into your soul and lets you know where you really are on your healing journey, whether you're just waking up or you've progressed through the spiral phase of the journey. I'm here to help you along the way. And thanks, Lily. I love you. Thank you, Mom. And I just want to say my mom's retreats are amazing. I went on one in like the spring of 2021, and it actually changed my life. And I'm not just saying that because you're my mom. Like it literally opened so many doors for me. So yeah, I hope that you get an opportunity to at least go to her website. There's so much information on there that can help you. And maybe if you feel up for it, go on a retreat. So thank you guys for listening. I'll catch you guys soon.